Blog Talk Radio. When I was five, hired out to watch a baby And they beat me when they cried I consider that too much of a price Even though I'm thick-skinned, some of the scars Stay with me for life I ain't never been the type to spin around to the other cheek Putting up a fight to me and my people's all are free Four brothers, four sisters, thick family I'm the fourth child, you following mathematically God's in my veins, I can feel it in my soul Three older sisters never seen again when they were sold When they came for my brother, my mom's made them a promise Whoever tried to take me, she split and open your noggin Mommy was a rider Spiritual advisor Security provider That's why I'm a live wire When they ain't take my brother I felt the power inside of me Influenced by the moment I'll never settle for slavery Heavy metal weight In my head as a teen Now with seizures Doctor left seeing strange dreams From the tribe of Asante Through grandma Modesty Being free Holding my own Just a part of me You thinking about coming after me Better bring your faculty 20 miles away Before you even know what's happening Cargo on my train And it's Something like traffic. I'm happy as a conductor. I ain't never lost a passenger. I'm plotting on my escaping. I'm married and feeling patient. I'm out with no debating. You silly for conversating. I'm breaking them while you waiting. And I'll make it. I'll be sure to get the safest route to travel and be back for you as base. September 17th, 1849. Me and my brothers Henry and Ben said it's mine. So we left for Maryland. Headed towards Freedom Land. But they feet chilled up. So we turned around and went back to the owners. Believe me, I didn't wanna. Had I knew my brothers were scared. We're in the bottom A little while later, man I ran away again But this time straight Dolo fan backs to the wind In the middle of the night In the winter and the cold I was navigating on the Underground Railroad Nah, it ain't a literal train It's a form of resistance Just with the railroad theme So a station's a safe house Where the runaways go And the runaway slaves Are considered cargo The person who hit them Considered the station master And the stockholder's The one who will put the cash up Me, I'm the conductor I transported the cargo routes that I took remain secret. I took an oath, boss of my train. You get on, there is no rebelling. Grown man said he turning back, and I had to tell him, fam. Why you had me bring the metal out? Cock it back, point it at your head and bring the devil out. It's no going back. Besides, you gon' snitch and I'll kill you where you stand before you sing behind a whip. Running from slave catchers, a bounty on my head. Until my whole fam free, I don't really care. Had a 10-year span with 19 or so trips. I done free so many slaves, they calling me Moses. During the Civil War, because of my skills, I became the first woman to lead an armed assault. I am Harriet Tubman. You need to fall back, a conductor. I never Ran my train off the track. You thinking about coming after me? Better bring your faculty. 20 miles away before you even know what's happening. Cargo on my train and it's something like traffic. I'm happy as a conductor. I ain't never lost a passenger. Good afternoon, everyone. That was Larry Lark Henderson with the conductor talking about Harriet Tugman. For those of you who may not know, uh, a, a union spy, seamstress, nurse, 
she did a little bit of it all. But let's not forget, ultimately, she had been a slave, an escaped slave that led other slaves to freedom. And one of her most noted lines is that she had freed a hundred or more slaves, but she could have freed even more if they only had known they were slaves. Do we know that we have the power to free ourselves from whatever oppression that we may believe we're suffering right now? That's right. We're going to talk about that today. The title of our show is very simple. (laughs) It is Dr. King. This is King Weekend, the one and only Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., And today, January 14th, 5.30 at 5 o'clock here in Las Vegas at the Dr. King statue on the corner of Martin Luther King Boulevard and Cary Avenue, we're going to have a candlelight vigil. Now, we're going to have speakers, uh, spoken word folks, uh, maybe even a little music, but we're going to listen to Dr. King's speeches. And this is a free event, so hopefully you can come out and partake in it because we often talk about the dream, but it wasn't a dream to continuously dream and sort of the same thing. You could substitute goal for dream and ask yourself, are we doing what we need to do? to realize that dream, to achieve that goal, 347-826-9600, I would love to hear your answer to that. Well, everyone, welcome to Our Own Voices Live. I am Rodney Smith in the air chair today and bring you another episode of Our Own Voices Live. Our topic is Dr. King, a little bit about Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live is a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its cultural diversity and not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the cultural and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. Some of the ways we do it is with, like, blog talk radio shows, like Our Own Voices Live. Of course, we have Brother Thomas Berry out there in Minnesota in the Great White North with Rant Radio. Brother Lee Vaughn out there in the Maryland area with Real Radio, radio established to address life. And we have terrestrial radio partners like, well, Franklin G. Verley with Power 88, KCEP 88.1 here in Las Vegas, the only African-American radio station in the state. And big shout out to Franklin for having me on the show yesterday to talk about the candlelight vigil and, and Dr. King. And that's how we do it. Each one teach one, but each one help one. How about that? Uh, we do some other things like Our Own Voices, the print and digital magazine. Look forward to becoming someplace near you soon. And we have various events like the, well, like the candlelight vigil is happening this Saturday, this evening at 5 o'clock here in Las Vegas at the Dr. King statue at the corner of Martin Luther King Boulevard and Cary Avenue. We also do things like the gathering that we do every Friday. 
Normally, it's at the Westside Bistro inside of Nevada Partners, located at 710 West Lake Mead Boulevard. But when they're closed, like they were yesterday, we do have an alternate location that we meet at. And big shout-out to Sharon, Urban, and the crew out at TC's Rib Crib for taking such good care of us. That's right, TC's Rib Crib, which is located at 3655 South Durango Drive, 3655 South Durango Drive, our effort to support black business. Uh, thank you so much for helping. And then once, uh, once a month, the second Tuesday of the month, we meet in the evening for an evening gathering for the folks who can't make it during the day at Lolo's Chicken and Waffles. That's right, Lolo's Chicken and Waffles. And big shout out to the folks there that uh, take care of us. Make sure we have a place where we can meet in the evening and share some of the things that so many people miss during the day. And, of course, we have our weekly, excuse me, our monthly statue cleanup at the Dr. King statue at the corner of Martin Luther King Boulevard and Cary Avenue. And that is the third Saturday of each month, the third Saturday of each month. That's the Dr. King statue cleanup, the third Saturday of each month at 10 o'clock, the corner of Martin Luther King Boulevard and Cary Avenue. So those are some of the things that we're involved in. Hopefully we'll be doing an event at the new African-American-owned luxury theater in downtown Las Vegas called the Eclipse Movie Theaters. Oh, my goodness, if you all haven't been there, you got to go. The place is awesome. The food is good. They even have a lounge. They have, they have a balcony with a fire pit. Hey, it's Las Vegas, so it does get a little chilly, at least for us. But, you know, go in and check it out. They just showed uh, Hidden Figures last night. I went to see Rogue One a little over a week ago. So they, they're getting top movies there, so go in and, and support them. So those are some of the things that we do. I won't be able to do too long of a show today, and for some of you that might be fine, <laughs> because I do have the candlelight vigil that I need to go to. And I hope that you all will be able to go out to that candlelight vigil once again. It's today, uh, Saturday at 5 p.m., roughly 5 to 7, at the Dr. King statue on the corner of M. Martin Luther King Boulevard and Cary Avenue. And I hope you all could come out. And it's a family, it's a family event. Uh, we, we will provide some water. Feel free to bring your own candles. But my sister girl, Mrs. Angela Thomas, and uh, Brother Stephen Sales have provided us with some candles and some of those little tea lights for those who may not want to use candles. And, you know, it's a, it's a simple event, but hopefully a meaningful event. Uh, big shout out to my DJ, uh, DJ G, from Special Blend Entertainment, who always set up the sound out there, gets out there a little early, and he's going to play the speeches. So if you all, you know, your schedule doesn't allow you to make it at, at uh, 5 o'clock when the event starts, he'll be out there playing some of Dr. King's speeches prior to, and we're going to play some of Dr. King's speeches in between. So it's a very simple uh, free event, so there's not a lot of frills, but we will give you some water. And once again, that's, uh, well, my sister girl, Mrs. Angela Thomas, hooking us up. And speaking of Angela Thomas, I believe she might be on the line. Uh, good hey, afternoon, hi, Angela. Hey. How are you? Chief. I'm good, man. I'm 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 above ground. That's always a great day, right? Oh my goodness. Amen to that. <laughs> yes. Man, <clears throat> happy Saturday everyone. 
Happy Saturday, uh, Rodney. What a great MLK weekend. We are, you know, commencing with across the nation. You know, everybody except the the city of Biloxi in Mississippi. Of course, they're celebrating. You know, their federal offices will be closed Monday in observation of Great Americans Day. You know, not in observation of uh, Reverend Brother Dr. Martin Luther King Day, you know. You know, everybody will be celebrating the king, Martin the King, except Biloxi. Mm, they'll call it anything but Dr. King Day, but they'll take that day off. I know. Can you well, believe it, this? It, it, it is America, and they have the right to do so. Uh, but I'm celebrating Dr. King's birthday and the King weekend. Matter of fact, I'm just celebrating King Week. Yes. Like the rest of the nation and people all around the world. Uh, (laughs) Biloxi's Twitter account, they have a surprise waiting on them on Tuesday morning. They have been shamed all across the country, all across the world, for this outrageous made-up holiday. But okay, just had to mention Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) Well, thank you for sharing that because I did not know that. I thought, well, I thought everybody celebrated today. They should. I mean, it's, a, it's an American uh, holiday. But, uh, apparently, uh, in Biloxi, Mississippi, it's Great Americans Day, Monday. Okay, well. You know, the whole federal I, government, government I, shut down for this fictitious holiday, but, you know. Okay, Biloxi. We see you. <laughs> we see you, Biloxi. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, Angela, I, I titled the show today simply Dr. King. Because I wanted us to take some reflection on it. And I was having a conversation uh, with Thomas Berry out in Minnesota. And hey, he Thomas. was talking about, uh, yeah, and he was talking about, uh, you know, we were having a discussion about Steve Harvey meeting Donald Trump. And mm-hmm. we were talking about how some people, you know, don't want to meet with him at all. And as I was listening to Dr. King's speeches, one of the things he talked about was engagement. And uh, talking to one another. He also said that we shouldn't even march nor protest until we have tried to do our best to have some type of engagement with the powers that be. And that resonated with me because of so many people saying that, well, we're not going to talk to him. What's he going to do for us? We shouldn't have anybody talking, blah, blah, you know, all of that talk. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the process of uh, Thomas, matter of fact, it was Thomas and, and Sister Sandra, in the, in the process of that conversation, I asked him, I said, well, who would you suggest that you go and talk with President-elect Trump? And I was thinking, because if Dr. King was here, I know I'd want that brother there. And Thomas gave up three good names. And there's plenty hmm. more, but these three were something to work on. He said, Dr. Claude Anderson. He says, uh, Michelle Alexander, I believe, I, I think she has a Ph.D. also, I'm not sure, and uh, Dr. Kawandra Kanjuku. And, you know, that's that's the book in our little book uh, uh, reading club. That was a, a, that, that's a great wisdom, a, a great body of wisdom there on every front of what's going on with black America, not just right now in the present, but how long has Kenjufu been writing about black economics, black education, uh, young black men, 
the work and the roots in the work is is deep. All of them. Michelle's book on mass incarceration really started a new Jim uh, Crow. The new Jim Crow. I'm sorry. Um, really started a, a an international conversation on mass incarceration in America. Um, I, Claude Anderson. I mean, we we don't need to say nothing nothing else. There. He, that's a great start. If Donald Trump was serious about really wanting to make some uh, hear about uh, Black America and and put some some thought into what to you know what what the federal side could do to improve things. Those were three great people to sit down and have some conversations with. More than one. I, I, I would hope that it would be more than one conversation. But that's 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 a cool list. I agree with that. Well when when you think about it, I said Doctor King was a man of words. He was a man of action too. So uh, I don't want anybody to think that he was just sitting around twiddling his thumb. He was out right. in the trenches. He was he was with the people. You know, he wasn't one of those people who just uh sort of pontificated and told other people to go. He was like Alicia. He was out there with them. And so I thought, yeah, if, if Dr. King was here, I know the brother would be there. I mean, he was he was with Kennedy. He talked to Nixon. You know, he, talk, he spoke with Johnson. He spoke with so many. So he didn't let those things deter him. So I guess my message is for all of you out there, especially on today, who are saying, nah, we just going to sit back and do nothing. That's not, that's, Dr. King's message was just the opposite. It was to engage, to speak, to share, get to know one another, and see what you common ground, what commonality you could find, and then grab onto that and build off of it. And even in the conversation I had with Brother Barry, I was like, okay, now we get to some place. Because all of this woe is me and things are terrible and the sky is falling, well, that's going to get us no place. And for sure, Doing nothing will get us no place. It's almost like staring at a rock, waiting for it to move. And then when it doesn't move and somebody comes along and kick it, and then the rock moves. But it wasn't the way that they wanted the rock to move. And some people say, well, we have athletes that are going to, and, and entertainers. And my comment was, well, if the rest of us are sitting around, there is a void and we know that nature abhors a void, all of us who went to physics class, and it's going to be filled by somebody. So when Brother Barry mentioned those people, I said, all right, let's, let's, you know, let's reach out to them. What do we need to do to get them and bring them forth in pushing this message, pushing this agenda, and, and, and formulating the agenda? How about that? So uh, that's something that came out of just just reflecting on Dr. King and how we can move ourselves forward. Uh, so that's, that's sort of charging me for tonight as we go into the candlelight vigil. And, and unfortunately, some of the folks who are going to be in the candlelight vigil, I'm getting messages that they're not going to be able to make it. And I'll, you know, I, I will fill in. So if you see a lot of Rodney tonight, uh, it's just us making it happen. Everybody has, um, you know, people have commitments and life's challenges and big shouts out to all of those who aren't able to make it, uh, who thought they could um, just for considering it. But, you know, we, we, will, we will keep it popping. So 
Angela, when you think of this day, what what thoughts come to your mind? Because, you know, he was in your city after all. He was. And um, hmm. <clears throat> it's a lot that comes to my mind, being from Chicago and being surrounded by uh, the aftershocks of his untimely and horrible death. Um, it, it's, a, it's a lot that comes to mind because um, it's still so much after the riots. Um, you know, it's still so much of my uh, part of the city of Chicago that's still destroyed from then. Uh, of course, it's love and appreciation for uh, what he changed for me. I was, you know, just a few months old. Um, at his death, but um, what comes to my mind is, of course, all the words of wisdom that we are so fortunate to be to be um, aware of. You know, I don't know. The statement, may you live in interesting times, is so upfront right now for me. It, it just feels like we're having to redo work we've already done. Uh I, I I I as of late I wonder what would MLK and Mrs. Coretta Scott King think about the things that we're up against and the things we're going through right now and I wonder what would be their approach to it. You know, Angela, that's actually a good a very good reflection there because sometimes we get stuck. And one of the great things about having so many luminaries like Dr. King and his beloved wife, um, Mrs. Coretta Scott King, is that we have examples to look back at and follow and to inspire us. When I was on Franklin G's show yesterday, like it is radio on KCET (laughs) 88.1, one of the things that I talked about was, was, how just putting on these events sometimes can 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 dream you. It's almost like it epitolates my 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 vigor. And I told him, but when I listen to the speeches, and then I reflect back on the times in which they lived in the Jim Crow South, and the things that they had to go through. And they were doing this for us and literally were willing to put their lives on the line, then surely I could generate enough energy and muster to go out and put on a candlelight vigil in recognition and in remembrance of the things that were accomplished that we're still uh, enjoying today. And so it, it, you know, that, that's that's a very good reflection that you had, Angela. Because I, I'm fired up. I can I can hardly wait to get out there and and do it and wait for the challenges with you know with the upcoming administration. I'm actually kind of excited because here's an opportunity to you know start fresh. You know, every four years we get an opportunity, and so what are we going to do with that opportunity? And for those of you who are listening, 
uh, and may want to call in and share with us your, your reflections of Dr. King, your thoughts of where do we go from here, what does he mean to you, uh, give us a call at area code 347-826-9600, 347-826-9600, and press option one uh, on, your, on your phone keypad. That lets me know, that gives me a signal that you're not just listening, that you want to talk. Otherwise, I'm just thinking you're listening. Um, so, Angela, the conversation that I had with Brother Barry and with Sister Sandra um, sparked that, and I posted it on Facebook, and I'm hoping that we'll get some replies. Maybe there's somebody who knows some of those people. And it just makes me wonder, you know, I, I posted another question in the King event today, and that question I wanted it also to be a reflective question because I wanted people to think about oppression, oppression, but I, but I wanted them to think about not just what someone is doing to them, if that is the case, but what are they doing to maintain their oppression? Or you could flip it and say, what? For those who are, who are oppressed, what are they, what are we doing to get beyond that oppression? And that's actually the speech that uh, DeAndre McGee was going to give tonight. Many people may know him. He's a young man, up and coming. He often gives a, a Malcolm, I believe it's a Malcolm X speech and, and uh, some others. And I had a speech for him to read that sort of focuses in on what's our responsibility to move beyond our, our oppression. When I started the show today, I started the show with uh, the song from Larry Lock Henderson in New York, a rap song. He does rap through education through rap. And he was talking about Harriet Tugman, the conductor, and how many people she freed, but that she could have freed many more had they only known that they were slaves. And I was wondering how many people know that their oppression, they don't have to stay in it, whatever it is, that if there's a way out, you can get out. And don't be oppressed in your mind because the only person then that can free you is yourself. 347-826-9600. Give us a, give us a shout. Let us know. Uh, What's, what's on your mind today? We'd love to hear from you. So, Angela, as we do move forward in a new, a, a new year, uh, we move forward with a new administration, as, again, reflecting on Dr. King, but not looking back to stay back, but looking back to get our bearings so we can know how to move forward. What, what would you – what some of the things that you've seen in your – day-to-day walk this year that may keep us in our oppression that Dr. King was trying to march us out of? <clears throat> There's so much in our, in our communities that is totally in our wheelhouse to change, such as the condition of the environment if you the the opportunity for fresh food 
we don't have to wait for Smiths or Whole Foods or somebody to come to our environment. There's so much blank space in the city. Why are we not planting those gardens? Why are we not passing down some of those um, skill sets that we used to openly, everybody in my neighborhood had a garden when I was a kid. So, you know, you always had your collards, your matas, as, as some of them would say, your tomatoes, I got some tomatoes, I got some collards, I got some cabbage. I, I had so many neighbors that had gardens, and I and now I hardly have a neighbor with a garden. I have one neighbor on my block with a garden. <clears throat> mm. Medicinal things, uh, passing along those medicinal things. And no, I don't mean the, the wacky weed. I mean those <laughs> things we used to do to keep ourselves healthy because we, quite frankly, couldn't afford to take off work if we got sick. Where are those things? Why aren't we passing those things on? Um, Why are we so dependent on uh, social media and not willing to communicate with each other face-to-face? That's a big one right there. So, I mean, as I I look around in my day-to-day, it's so many things. Uh, this, you know, a few months ago I elected, well, maybe about three, two months now, uh, two, three months now, I, I elected to to leave Facebook. And you don't realize how much time <clears throat> you spend liking and sharing and maybe posting things until you exit it and fill your life with things you had put to the wayside a little bit to you know, enjoy the modern things. Uh, I think our community could be so much more uplifted and enriched if we use social media as the largest um, study lab instead of the largest gossip, hate-slinging portal on the planet. What if we decided to use Twitter to research, if we decided to use, you know, Google to find, you know, to find something that's really going to change something in your life. Why are we? My city just went through, we're going through a murder crisis right now. And everybody that knows me, that knows that I'm from Chicago, has asked me, what the heck is going on in Chicago? Part of what's going on in Chicago is 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 the fact that there are dollar lots there, <clears throat> and we won't spend a dollar and turn it in and 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 spend twenty more dollars and turn that vacant lot into a garden. Take that broken glass and make a mosaic in that garden as a as a reminder that this used to be broken glass. That depicted that made my neighborhood look bad, and look what we did with it. We planted these tomatoes, we grew these collards, we made this cabbage, and we took that glass and made a mosaic. 
in the middle of the garden just so we would have some art to appreciate while we're here weeding this garden. Why are we not doing those things? We're too busy trying to make it. Proof that I made it is that I don't live in the neighborhood no more. When I was a kid in the neighborhood, we had a block club. We came out every few months, and everybody cleaned up the block together. In this beautiful environment, this beautiful desert I live in right now, I hardly see my neighbors. And when I do, we don't, you know, nobody is breaking their neck to speak. In Chicago, if I was out before you shoveling snow, I shoveled your snow too. What the heck? Because mm-hmm. Ms. Wims got to get out of her house too. Hell, we all got to go to work. Let me Let me get her a little bit of snow. You know, make her journey a little bit easier. And next time she'll get me. Here, I got some extra salt. You need some salt? So this stuff ain't iced up by the time we get off work? Girl, you know. (laughs) You know, where is that? We knew our postman. We gave Christmas presents to the postman and the postwomen in our neighborhood because they delivered our, our mail faithfully every day for years. I didn't have to look for a mechanic, nor a TV repairman. Remember, they used to repair TVs. We didn't just go out, throw the damn thing out in the street. We went and and, and somebody in the neighborhood had a little shop on the corner to fix TVs. Where is that connective community tissue? That's stuff we got the power to do. We don't need no government or outside entity at all for that. The stuff that I remember that made my neighborhood great, uh, <clears throat> Miss Whoever, Candy Store, School Cookies, you know, Popsicles. Miss 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 Holmes used to just here, 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 baby, here's some Popsicles. I went to the store this morning. Here's some Popsicles. You grew tomatoes in your garden. You had some extras. You just sent it down to your neighbor. Here, Angie, take this brown bag down to Miss Holmes' house. It wasn't an indictment that you was a bad mother and y'all ain't got no food. It was simply neighborly. So as I do my... Yeah, it was it, that that was just regular neighbor stuff during the holidays. It was nothing for Miss Smith to send over a pound cake. That wasn't nothing. Well, I sure know remember especially back home in the in the south in the country, no matter whose house I went to, they always set me down to something to eat, whether it was some biscuits, <laughs> pound cake, Apple pie. Miss Lindsay. Miss Lindsay was one of my mother's very good friends. Miss Lindsay did all the pressing and curling in the neighborhood. She was a beautician. She was also the stocking lady. Remember the stocking lady? Remember stockings? Women wearing stockings? Oh, that's right. Y'all used to do that, didn't you? 
we did. My mom. Oh shoot! I gotta run in my stockings. Run down there to Ann's house and give me a give her give her this dollar. Give me a pair of uh, coffee. Coffee tall. I still remember it to this day. That's how many times I had to do it. Every Saturday, I got a pressing curl. Them ladies wasn't just fixing my hair. They were fixing my womanhood. They were preparing me. Where is that? Wow. You know, that's that's something simple that we can all do. And as you were telling me that, it, it reminded me of my barber, who I had to cancel on uh, yeah, uh, Thursday. I had to cancel my barber's appointment because I was just tied up in trying to get this this stuff together for the program uh, today, which we just had another cancellation. Actually, one of our assembly folks had called and asked if she could speak. She wanted to talk about education, and she's not feeling well. So you know, we want to send out our prayers and well wishes to assembly uh, woman Neil, who uh, is a little under the weather. Hopefully she'll be able to get some rest. And uh, Brother DeAndre McGee, as I said earlier, he was going to give what I thought actually was going to be sort of the anchor or keynote address, uh, he actually has to work uh, tonight. He was going to come on his lunch break, and that just goes to show his commitment to it. But uh, schedule change, and now he won't be able to come. But we're still going to have it There's, because ultimately it's in remembrance and recognition of Dr. King. So if we don't have but some speeches to listen to and what speeches they they were and still are, we're going to go out there and do that that candlelight vigil. Uh, big shout-out to the Vegas uh, Diva for uh, listening in. Thank you very much for letting us know we're not just talking to each other here. And uh, mm-hmm. to some of the other listeners out there, thank you so much for listening. You know, when I see those, those uh, the board light up like that, it, it, it does sort of, you know, carry me a certain way too. Uh, yeah. Because it means that maybe somebody is, is listening and we are making a difference because, after all, that is the idea, is to make a difference. Well, you know, Angela and I, we, we talk, you know, we just get on the phone, might talk two or three hours anyway. Right. But, you know, Angela, a, a lot of it is, and, and this is what I, what I saw in Dr. King, was Dr. King, when he talks about why, you know, going out and doing protests and things like that, he actually stated, and I said this earlier, I believe, is that that's not the first step. He said that's not the first step. He actually had a checklist to determine when you would go out and do these things. And in that checklist, it was to make sure that you had it tried to engage with wherever the issue was first. And if you were not able to get results, then you would go to the next stage. And one of the other things, is will your actions benefit you but also not harm someone else? And I don't know if people have ever heard him say that, but that is a part of his checklist for for going out. And another thing was, and he, he mentioned this, and this has been true throughout history, he says that when you, basically I'm paraphrasing, when you do for the African American when we have gains, Everyone else has a game. When he was fighting for fair housing, well, that wasn't just for black people. That was for poor whites, Latino, Hispanics, and others. When he was fighting, marching, protesting, 
for the war, that impacted people from all stripes. So he talked about, he says, yeah, the things that we do, invariably they're going to help someone else. As a matter of fact, he said, he said for education, the inroads that we made and would make in education would probably positively impact white people more than it would black people. But mm-hmm. it was still worth fighting for. Uh, he talked about the Constitution. He didn't talk about this country as if it belonged to someone else. He talked about, no, we're going out there to bring that paper to life. We're going to have that paper, use that paper for truth. And I thought, well, you know, do people understand that? That's, that's yeah, a little different. You know, right is not just right for, for one group. Right is right irregardless of the group. Right is just right. So when you do when you're doing right, as my grandmother would say, you you you're of course that's of benefit to to everybody. And you know it's sad that we. I, I get your point, but man, are they talking fast or are we listening slow? Is the question. What is what's going on? Well, it may be a combination of the both. Uh, and folks out there, I hope that you're listening. And if you are and you would like to speak fast or slow, give us a call. Area code 347-826-9600, We do have an abbreviated show today, so we won't be on uh, much longer. But we do have a few more minutes for you to jump in and jump in. I hope that you will. Because there's so many right. things that need fixing in this country. And, you know, Dr. King was about the business of work. Forward movement. He talked about marching. He talked about standing up. You know, he talked about a lot of things. You know, his, if you listen to his speeches, his speeches were action speeches. And oftentimes his words were action words. You know, they were verbs. He had put a strong emphasis on those things. And verbs are action, expenditures of energy, movement. And that's something that we have to do. Uh, in many of the conversations, folks were saying, how, you know, they, they were talking about, they were looking back and they were talking about how bad it was and what was being done to them. And it was almost as if they got in a loop. So we would say, okay, well, what needs to be done? And, and they would say maybe a thing, but then just as they would say what needs to be done, they would start talking on why it wouldn't be done. As an example, I believe I got this from Brother Barry's page too, but I'm, and it was uh, a post about, yeah, it was a post that he made, and it was a post about, you know, women, and it just and it just happened to pick a group as a concept. And he says, you know, you may be getting a few thousand, three, four, five thousand back if you have four, you know, three, four children because of the earned income, income tax credit and some other things. You may be getting some thousands back. And maybe where you live in the apartment complex, there's a bunch of others that may not have a a medium income, but they're getting money back actually because of it. And he says, suppose you took your three, four, five thousand dollars and you got your neighbor to take theirs and her neighbor and his neighbors. And now you have ten, twenty thousand dollars. Maybe that's a down payment on your apartment complex. So instead of 
all of you renting, now all of you have a piece of ownership. And as your piece of ownership increases, then you can use that for something more. And that was empowering. And Angela, I posted that on several uh, Facebook pages, some African Americans, some black Americans, some, you know, some hoteps, a bunch of conscious pages and others. I'm talking probably over a thousand views and com and a bunch of comments. And invariably they turned into themselves on why it wouldn't happen, why it couldn't happen, how it hasn't been happening versus making it happen. Now, you know, I will say that there was a few people who did say, hey, that's a good idea. I'm in. Who else is in with me? And I said, now, that's the Dr. King spirit. Who absolutely. Else is in with me? Go ahead, Angela. Uh, this summer I went home um, for, the, you know, for a while. And in the heart of where all of the – Violence is taking place. There's also a, a renaissance of sorts taking place, and in the midst of that, I went to a literary festival, and um, all black book authors, good hundred booths, all black authors, from children's books to uh, historical texts, um, and everything in between. One of the, um, I stopped at a, a business because I had to get something to drink. And it was a brand new coffee house. I mean, it had been totally redone. Beautiful floors, ceiling fans. It was it, just beautiful. It was a beautiful coffee shop. And we were like, wow, this is this is brand new in the middle of, you know, what is being depicted across the globe as chaos. Uh, and we asked the owner. We had my sister and I had an opportunity to talk with the owner, and he, you know, he was just overjoyed. They they were a few months open. Actually, no, they had been over a it had, it had been open over a year, but the coffee house exists because ten families got together and did just what you said. Ten families put ten thousand dollars together did that coffee house, and bought property in the neighborhood. They've started three gardens and, you know, are in the process of refurbishing each of those buildings to make them, you know, really nice. They were already rentable, but they were refurbishing them to make them really nice places for families to uh Rent. So it's being done, and you know it's more than possible. Rates are good right well, now. I, I, Buy cheap. That's the that's the rules of real estate. Buy low, sell high. Dr. King, for me, was a can do. That's what I thought. Sure. Is can do person. I can do it. We can we can do it together. And I hope that as we take time to reflect 
on Dr. King and his legacy. And we are, each one of us that's living today, we are part of the King legacy. I hope that we'll take the time to recognize just what we do have in opportunity, not just tangible things, but what we have in opportunity. And that it does take us to have that can-do attitude to bring some of these things to fruition. Uh, one of the questions, one of the comments that I've left people with is suppose no, no one does anything more than they've done to help us. Suppose how we have it today is all that anyone is willing to put forth effort and energy for us. But if we do not believe this is enough, what are we willing to do ourselves to get what we do believe is enough? And I I just want us to reflect on that, not to say that you shouldn't push for what you should have and what other people are getting that you should settle for less. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is that suppose this is all that anyone is willing to give us. As a matter of fact, we had a discussion about that. He says, well, let's be clear. Sister Sandra pointed this out. She said, no one really is given anything. Very seldom are you given anything. What you get, and I'm paraphrasing her words now, is what you put a demand on the system for. And if you don't put a demand, then you get just what your effort was, nothing. We have to put a demand on the system. If we want someone to go and, you know, uh, some people were decrying athletes and entertainers talking to Donald Trump, but some of the same people were some of the ones that were championing championing, uh, uh, Kaepernick and saying more should do it. And so we have to get ourselves together and speak with one voice and oftentimes with one mouth because sometimes we speak out of one side and the other side says something totally different. So consistency is important. And let's look at life. You can look at it as half empty, half full. You can look at it as woe is me or what can I do. And I believe, you know, my what Dr. King has imparted to me is to look at it in what can I do. And I want to I wanna do as much as I can with the time that I have. Because maybe, just maybe, whether it's me or someone else out there, maybe, just maybe, we are the ones that have the ability and the will to do what's needed that not only positively impacts us, but helps somebody else. So don't just wait. As I said earlier in physics, nature abhors a vacuum, and it will suck something, or in this case, someone in, but it may not be the someone that you would want. But if you're not willing to fill that vacuum, however you fill it, then you will get what others give you. 
Well, Angela, uh, I do have to get ready for the candlelight vigil. I did want to make sure that we had the show today and to share with our listeners out there because they are committed to our show and they take the time to tune in. I appreciate you all for, for tuning in, uh, especially today. And I really look forward to those who can make it out to the candlelight vigil tonight at uh, 5 o'clock on the corner of Martin Luther King uh, Boulevard and Cary Avenue, uh, really right where North Las Vegas and Las Vegas intersect. Uh, we have a larger-than-life-size statue, one of 25 in the nation, and it's on a street named after Dr. King, and we're one of 99 cities that has it. But we're very rare because we have the larger-than-life-size statue on the street named after Dr. King. Maybe some of you have not seen it. Well, come on out and, and see what is there for you and be inspired. I'm, I'm inspired, and I want you to be inspired. We're going to listen to some speeches. Uh, we're not going to have as many folks to perform or, uh, or speak as I had hoped and planned, but we'll have one another, and that's more than what we could have. Angela, did you have any closing words for us? No, I just want everybody to definitely have a great weekend um, and let's celebrate the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King in action. In action. I like that. I may use that tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everybody, um, thank you so much for joining us today and If you're not able to come to our event, there are multiple events. There's an event tomorrow at the uh, First AME uh, Church uh, that's talking about the dream. Uh, They're having a a poetry event tonight at 7 o'clock with Sister Jess Flo and Sister Nas and some others that you may be familiar with. And the Broadway in the Hood uh, has a three-day series of plays uh, about Dr. King and the dream. So maybe you can uh, go to the Smith Center and partake in that little culture uh, combined with entertainment and Dr. King and reflection. Uh, But also hopefully you'll come out to a free event right in your community because, after all, it is for you, by us. And sometimes we should always take time to be with each other in our homes, in our area, that's also that also strengthens the village to give us a chance to get to know each other. Angela said, maybe, you know, we don't not neighborly like we used to be. Well, we're going to make sure that you do some meeting and greeting tonight. And matter of fact, part of the uh, agenda is that you know one more person uh, when you leave than you did when you came. Well, until next week, 1230 uh, on the West Coast. 330 out east. And 330. Uh, we hope you have a, a great weekend. And, and go to the Our, Our Own Voices live page and share your thoughts on Dr. King, uh, your reflections, and on some of the topics that we discussed today. We'd love to hear how you move forward and how your legacy, because you are a legacy of Dr. King, What is describe your legacy of the dream. Uh, we'd really like to hear that. All right, everybody. Have a good one. Please. Please, please be safe out there. Do not text and drive. Do not text and drive. Wait till you get to the stoplight, the stop sign, park, uh, take time to pull over if it's that important. 
do not text and drive. And on that note, let's be in the words of the late Sam Smith, in whatever and all that we do, be excellent. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.